A very warm welcome to all my listeners who have tuned in to listen to another episode of Insider's Talk with New Entrepreneurial Journey. So let's dive in. I have with me today Mr. Kunal Bajar, Chief Business Officer of ESEC, and it is listed in top 10 cybersecurity companies of India. We would be talking more about ESEC. Before that, I would like to welcome Kunal on Insider's Talk. It's a pleasure to have you as our guest here. So, it, you know, if you can share with our uh, listeners the history of uh, Kunal before uh, you join ESEC, that would be great for our listeners as well as for me to understand your journey and, you know, from where you have come. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Veronica. It's a pleasure uh, being here speaking to you. And uh, good evening to everybody. Uh, so about me, so before I joined ESEC, which is almost, uh, what, about uh, nine years back, uh, I'm an accidental engineer. And uh, then I did my postgrad uh, in, in business. I did an MBA. And post my MBA, I joined a strategic consulting firm. And then I joined uh, Wipro, uh, where I was stationed in uh, different cities across the country and in US. And then uh, I realized that I wanted to start something of my own and hence uh, ESEC uh, happened. I'm also a passionate uh, uh, wildlife photographer. Uh, sadly, I don't get to do that much now because of uh, uh, work you know, constraints, but uh, wildlife is the other, uh, uh, you know, natural uh, love that I have, you know, towards the nature and wildlife. So that's, that's me uh, based in uh, Delhi, uh, Delhi boy stayed in different cities, uh, you know, across the years and mm-hmm. uh, now uh, working with ESEC. So, um, were you always into cybersecurity, or this happened only with ESEC? So, I was, uh, I was never, and I still am not a technology person. I was always uh-huh. a, a business stroke, a strategy person. So, uh, security happened with with ESEC. Uh, okay. So, how, how did that? Like again, like you said, you were an accidental engineer. So, right. was it? something accidental or it was something a group of friends coming together or known professionals coming together and uh, so starting a, it off it's a very interesting story actually when i when i was uh, uh, you know working with wipro i realized that cloud was the way forward so i started a company uh, which was offering cloud services and through a common friend i met you know these these young guys who were uh, very very uh, sound when it comes to technology they were uh, very passionate about cybersecurity mm-hmm. is way back in 2011 12 okay. and uh, what we realized was that i was i was good in understanding business i was good in you know laying out growth strategy but i i had a big handicap when it came to technology and for these guys that i'd met they were great with technology but they apparently had a handicap when it came to business mm-hmm. I decided the best way forward was to you know somehow come together and uh, so we merged our companies right in the in the year 1 and mm-hmm. that's how i came on board esec and uh, esec at that time was uh, i mean the team was very very passionate about security they still are but uh, security was not that big a market back then you know, mm-hmm. so, so survival instincts led us to diversify where we were also doing a lot of uh, custom uh, application development for mm-hmm. and, and 
especially around mobile applications. Mobile apps were really, really hot, uh, you know, 10 years back. Right. And, uh, we were also doing that to keep our, you know, kitchen oil burning. Uh, <laughs> we always knew that security is something that we wanted to get into. So over the years, we, I think by 2014 is, is when we kind of completely uh, moved towards cybersecurity and we had a very small fragment which was working towards uh, these complex app development. Mm-hmm. So um, now can you just, you can, you can just share with us, you know, what uh, services or uh, offerings do ESEC have to offer so that we have a detailed understanding about your company and how you work. Oh, lovely. Let me, let me bore you guys. Uh, about <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure it's not boring. <laughs> <laughs> any, any entrepreneur or anybody who's, uh, who set up a company because it is like a baby. We all, most right, of us right. like to talk a lot. You know, we, we are, we, we really like to speak about our experiences, what mm-hmm. we have gone through over the years. So we as a company are, are HQ'd in Delhi. Uh, we've got another HQ in Singapore and one in Sri Lanka. And then we've got our uh, India offices across Gurugaon, Bombay, Bangalore. So we are actually an Indian multinational company mm-hmm. where our Indian, uh, uh, you know, we've, we've, we are proud to say we work with uh, all the big logos in the region. So we work with more than 50 banks. We work with most of the insurance companies, uh, uh, quite a few telcos, uh, defense forces, uh, police personnel, uh, a lot of uh, you know DNBs, which are uh, digital native businesses. So we've been blessed to work with, uh, I would say, more than 500 different customers uh, who come from across space where we are offering them uh, security services from assessment perspective, from compliance perspective. Uh, we also help them set up secured infrastructure where we come in as their partner and we kind of set up the whole uh, you know, security process, SOPs. Uh, we work with them on designing secured applications or designing you know, uh, secured networks. So it's, it's pretty much like a 360 degree, uh, you know, uh, view of, of what we do with these uh, organizations. So that's quite interesting. Any interesting stories that you want to share? Probably you, you came across a very big challenge during this time, which you still remember and would like to share with our listeners. Oh, quite a few, uh, but, but sadly, uh, because of stringent uh, confidentiality mm-hmm. agreements that we have, because security is, is quite, uh, you know, a sensitive issue. Uh, True. I might not be able to share some, but mm-hmm. uh, some of the ones which are, which are interesting as well as, uh, you know, uh, exciting. So this, this, this one large uh, bank that we, uh, you know, had kind of uh, put us on a retainer model, had an incident uh, uh, just before the long weekend during winters in Delhi, and we get a call at about eleven thirty in the night uh, from the from the CISO of the bank that there is uh, there there is some element of you know breach that they suspect has happened in the bank, and they want us to you know. Uh, come immediately investigate. So middle of the night, uh, hardcore winters in Delhi, we assembled our team, uh, got to them and we worked through the entire night to A, contain the attack. So there was an attack coming from, uh, you know, one of the not so very friendly countries that we have in the region. And uh, we were working hard to contain the attack and then we had to do 
some very very complex investigations to see what was the reason of of this happening and you know and how do we ensure this does not happen so these are these are some occurrences that we we keep with us for life you know where we've uh, got involved into a very very critical uh, you know we've been pulled into a very critical uh, juncture where what we do makes a lot of sense you know we we realize that we are adding value uh, to the to the to the network and to the ecosystem by doing what we are doing right right and i think it gives a certain kind of uh, probably to your team as well as to you a certain kind of boost in the morale also right when you <coughs> save the day for your client and oh, yeah. these absolutely. attacks are not something minor right if a bank gets hacked or anything oh, it's major things happening so definitely you're saving a day like a superhero there no no absolutely it's, it it is definitely a sense of accomplishment but i think uh, i mean also to to add and i i would really like to highlight this because uh, mm-hmm. i i've i've worked in different countries we worked with banks in multiple countries what we've realized is that uh, our banking environment is far more uh, robust and far more mature than what mm-hmm. i've seen in a lot of countries you know mm-hmm. uh, it is my belief that convenience and security are inversely proportional to each other so right. when you increase convenience when you increase comfort your uh you know the the threat uh, surface opens up and your ability right. to be attacked uh, increases and mm-hmm. that's where we've realized that you know our banks may not be as convenient in terms of banking as some of the banks in the western countries are but we are far more uh, you know secured we are far more robust in terms of our processes so i think mm-hmm. uh, regulators like rbi are doing a phenomenal job there so that's you know versus the 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 perception that we uh, hear from people when we speak mm-hmm. to you know, uh, folks in the country is that you know how secured are our banks mm-hmm. and uh, i can say this proudly that uh, our banks are quite secured and and thanks to uh, you know organizations like rbi who are really really working hard to you know uh, keep that uh, you know flag high very true very true now you know cyber security was something that happened uh, came into the picture in 1970s right now we are in 2022 so and and you have been in this space for almost a decade now so mm-hmm. what kind of shifts have you seen in this space like you know initially it was not taken very seriously but now i think because everything has gone digital it has become one of the aspects of no matter what you are doing kind of a way so what kind of shift have you seen in these uh, years in in terms of cyber security so a very uh, blatant truth is that most of the organizations uh, you know they so cyber security is an expense i mean it uh, it enablement it security has always been on the wrong side of the balance sheet you know we are always uh, the guys who who add on to the expense for organizations Mm-hmm. Uh, but then we are we are the necessary evil you know we are uh, what organizations cannot survive without there is a big uh, shift that has happened so let's say about like i said about 8 years 9 years back security was not big because organizations never felt that a they could be breached or b if they are breached you know how much of a difference does it make to their business you know mm-hmm. versus today where there is a paradigm shift in in that thought process a uh, regulators have become very very uh, you know uh, thorough of what they want 
in the organizations, be it telecom companies, be it insurance firms, be it organizations who are handling, you know, uh, PII or organizations who've been storing our data outside the borders. So there is a big change in that, uh, in that approach in terms of sentiment as well as in terms of compliances. And second is now, now there is a massive digitization wave that has happened in the country. Mm-hmm. Be it demonetization, be it COVID, be it, you know, uh, massive success of uh, tools like, or instruments like UPI, mm-hmm. where there's a massive digitization wave that is happening in the country, where everybody, every consumer, including you and me, is now worried about security of, you know, our information, our data, our money, which is sitting with organizations. So a bank or a, or a organization today, which is processing our data, cannot shy away after simply saying that, you know, sorry, guys, there was a breach. Your data has been leaked. No, there is a lot of emotional, you know, uh, turbulence that can be caused by that. And organizations have become extremely wary of this fact. And the investments in cybersecurity have, have really gone up. And now, uh, thankfully, a lot of, or rather, uh, a big percentage of organizations have started taking CISO seriously. And a lot of companies have started giving access of the boardroom to CISOs, which is a big, big shift in thought process. You know, uh, uh, In my opinion, a very, very mature organization would have a CISO reporting directly to the board, You know, where he comes every quarter and gives an update on how secured the organization is or what are the leakages or what are the potential risks that an organization faces from a cyber perspective. Mm-hmm. So that's a big change. That's a good, pleasant change that we've been seeing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, what are the main challenges that you have seen in information security? Because we see the tech industry growing, right? And we have a lot of emerging technologies also coming up. Uh, we have different um, waves of apps coming in, uh, different uh, kind of products coming in. So what are the major challenges that you see in this kind of an environment right now or in the market in terms of information security? So uh, from a, from a, from a uh, national security perspective, uh, we see that there is a big influx of applications that have, like you said, a lot of applications are coming in. Uh, what we've realized is that the, the majority of, you know, the, the, the common folks or the, or the masses uh, still do not take cyber threats that seriously. You know, sadly, uh, we've seen that ignorance from majority of the of the folks out there who uh, somewhere do not realize the potential impact that such applications have, which have not been verified. I mean, thankfully, our government has taken some stringent steps in the last few months where they've banned a lot of applications, which were, uh, you know, in, in clear violation of how they were handling data or how seriously were they taking you know this information which belongs to indians so that is one 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 sentiment or one thought that really you know makes us ache that guys this is your data when you are installing those applications when you are installing softwares in your laptops in your cell phones just try and do or validate you know what these applications are or or who's behind these applications or what is the authenticity of this don't just randomly you know, click on links that are sent to you or don't believe on, uh, you know, whatever you see on, uh, you know, social media. So that's, that's 
that's a very very powerful tool which can be used for the right and the wrong reasons so that sense of validation is what we feel uh, you know should be encouraged at the at the common man's level and second of course like i said uh, there is a massive digitization wave you know now you see every uh, almost everybody uh, you know being touched by this digital wave i mean who would have imagined 5 years ago that you'd see fruit vendors on the street having you know accepting payments through digital wallets or accepting payments in their banks it's a, it's a beautiful yeah. uh, you know transformation that has happened where you don't need to carry your wallets anymore i mean we we probably might be take it for granted but you know when you travel now for a holiday versus 10 years back you're not required to carry that level of cash or you have that comfort yaar kuch nahi hai to paytm ho jayega you know or or phone pay will work or upi will work which is which is phenomenal and uh, of course with digitization the challenges increase you know the responsibility at the common man's point increases where they have to ensure you know that they have the right passwords they have they don't share their otps uh, you know they are they are just conscious or they maintain that cyber hygiene so that's 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 again uh, you know my two cents on what i feel at least at a common man's level so um like you said right social media is a is a very um, i i can say it's a good and a bad platform but it is one of the threats which probably the cyber security is trying to tackle but in the sense do you think that ignorance or or is it is it uh, the funding or the kind of the money they need to set apart for cyber security uh, that you know the organizations are still not ready uh, to have it or take it up uh, cyber security as one of the most important aspect of the business or is it ignorance still in the market about cyber security so there is there is a like i said there is a paradigm shift you know in this thought process from what it was let's say 10 years back to 5 mm. back into today so thankfully you know we can confidently say that there is a big change in that thought process uh, you know today and of course mm-hmm. there is this this needs to this you know it is it has to be evolving in nature because right uh the kind of threat vectors that we are seeing are very very you know uh, i'd say futile and there are there are new uh attack patterns there are uh, new kind of attacks which are coming up on a daily basis i mean mm. who would have uh, thought about pegasus being sitting you know in in devices for months before right. being detected or there are some more popular you know uh, vulnerabilities which were detected while they had already been exploiting their targets for months before they came to light so it it cannot it has to be an ever evolving process it has to be uh, a continuous process where you get the right folks you get the right technology and you have the right processes mm. yourself secured so uh, i'd say that this is this is more of a wave it's more of an up wave which is started and this will this will expand because uh, it's not that only it or tech companies are getting breached there yeah. have there have been alleged news where power plants were True. you know compromised or uh, manufacturing companies were compromised or even you know now that we are getting into that whole autonomous car movement cars have been hacked and you know accidents have 
have been hmm. caught. So who's who's immune to this? There is there is honestly nobody. Medical devices getting you know uh, compromised and they change your uh, you know vitals. Hmm. So uh, it's not that there is a tech company or an enterprise which needs to secure themselves. Of course they do, but then uh, everybody comes into the into the ambit of uh, cyber security now. Right. And uh, do you see, you know, because everybody knows like in India is a major market when it comes to startups, right? We have some fabulous uh, companies uh, coming up every every year. So do you think the startups are also paying major attention uh, towards cybersecurity right from the start or you feel or you have an experience where they are probably coming in at a later point of time in their evolution? So this... Uh... Uh, you know, there are, there are, and I say this very fondly without offense to anybody, mm. uh, the Indian market or the Indian consumer, there are three types of customers here, you know, mm. one who are driven by, you know, regulatory compliances, let's say mm. for a bank or for an insurance firm, IRDA or RBI says that you have to have certain security controls before you can license to, or before you get a license to operate as an organization in the country. Hmm. Uh, second aspect is people who are governed by their customers so for example a company which is into let's say business intelligence or data analytics and they are playing with critical data their customers want them to have security controls before they will share their data with this vendor and third is is organizations who are genuinely proactive and are concerned about security and they want to invest in the right security tools and processes now, these three types of customers, sadly, the, the market share of cust- customers who are genuinely proactive and want to have a secured environment is, is very less, you know, versus organizations who are driven by compliances or organizations who are driven by, you know, their customer call. So what we feel is that while there are a lot of young companies that are coming in, we have a lot of unicorns that we've seen probably the highest ever uh, you know, count of unicorns came in 2021. Uh, they may not uh, invest in cybersecurity as wholeheartedly as as a, a larger or an older organization would do. You know, unless there are requirements from a compliance or a regulatory standpoint. So, like I said, sadly, security was always perceived to be an expense, but now that thought process is changing. You know, it is it is evolving and it should continue to so. But uh, I think we are still uh, short of, you know, the ideal state. This mm-hmm. is what I. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You also spoke spoke about Pegasus, right? When you spoke about different threats that are there. So if you can share a little bit more about, you know, what is Pegasus and what implications it has in the Indian market for our listeners. So see, Pegasus again. There are a lot of uh, you know theories floating around it. There are a lot of uh, you know uh, discussions happening around it. But definitely, there was there was something fishy with this organization. You know, uh, there is is there a spyware? Of course, the answer is yes. Was it being used to uh, uh, you know compromise devices? The answer is yes. Was it for the right reasons or wrong reasons? That is for you know the the honourable courts to answer but the important fact is that like i said that pegasus was allegedly sitting in devices for months before it was even detected you know and suddenly post pegasus there were a lot of companies which started mushrooming who would say that 
we are offering the next generation of mobile security now where such spywares in the future would not be able to attack you you know and this i'm talking at a global level now a uh, important point here is that everybody including you and me who would have felt that you know yaar mere mobile mein what is there to steal or you know what uh, how does it matter if somebody picks up my data that thought process changed the moment you realize that your cell phone could have been compromised your camera your photographs your personal messages could have been compromised it it gives you it raises eyebrows you know it 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 raises those flags where you suddenly realize that you know i i need to uh, take this uh, you know more seriously than what i have been doing so far so i would say that it is it is a good reality check for people where mm-hmm. like i said in the beginning that there is some sort of responsibility which lies with all of us and we need to maintain that cyber hygiene you know we need mm-hmm. to maintain that uh, those checks and validation that are level before we you know just start clicking and installing uh, anything and everything mm-hmm. and you know uh, cyber hygiene is also maintained through laws right because uh, we we live in a land which is governed so everything is governed by some kind of a law so what is the law of surveillance in india to make sure you know um people or organizations or anyone as a matter of fact is secured in this in this area so i i think our constitution is is again i'm not an expert on this but our constitution mm-hmm. is uh, it's it's very beautifully written where we all have our you know democratic rights we all have our you know freedom of speech freedom to you know privacy freedom to uh life etc which, which is which we often do not realize and and take it for granted but these are beautiful things which are written in our favor uh, again there is a lot of conversation happening around the privacy data bill or data privacy bill there is a lot of conversation happening around you know uh, uh, revising the it act or upgrading the the laws in the country because technology is so ever evolving that every 3 years there is a re- revolution which happens when it comes to technology True. so there is a lot of conversation there is a lot of uh, talk that is happening on you know upgrading the laws and upgrading this but definitely if your question is that is anybody authorized to put a spyware in my phone and the obvious answer is no you know mm-hmm. there are there are laws being written of course you know india is one of the most attacked country sadly we have some not so very friendly neighbors and our our uh, you know uh, alert factor should always be on a high because we are uh, uh, to be honest a very very attacked country mm-hmm. and uh, cyber wars are are the way forward you know right as they say that wars are now not going to be fought on the land but you know over land cables and over uh, laptops so mm-hmm. uh, can we afford to go complacent the answer is no but uh, is it right for any organization to Uh, ignore the fact that there is something which is sitting as a spyware uh, the law definitely says that no it is it is it is not right mm-hmm. and uh, of course there is conversation around this to make it more relevant in this scenario mhm true because um uh, you know many many people still don't have an idea that you know there are laws again against all these things which they can avail like you know when you have a cyber security threat personally as well you have have a department set up to handle that as well 
so many people are not aware about that and i think ignorance is something which is uh, a big problem still in india but i think we are getting there because we are setting up departments we are setting up places where these things can be handled irrespective of at a personal level or at a organizational level so uh, you know uh, information security i know is a very vast space extremely vast space where you have different uh, fragments or aspects to it i know there's something called as a data theft there is something called as a ransomware so if you can you know educate our uh, listeners more about you know what information security can cover and what are the different kind of thefts that are possible uh, to get uh, engaged in that would be great definitely so uh, you know uh, a few few uh, facts from our experience is that you know the most common way for uh, an organization or an individual to get compromised is through phishing now phishing is is uh, probably one of the oldest ways even before you know cyber uh, uh, wars or cyber attacks started happening it is as simple as you know people uh, pretending to be somebody else and calling you over the phone to try and get some intel you know or people sending you the more popular ways that people send you emails uh, which are you know either disguised as uh, somebody else or it is disguised as on behalf of somebody and you know people often tend to click on those emails and people often tend to follow those instructions which are mentioned in that email that is the most common the most simplest way of attacking or being attacked as an individual or an organization uh so what i would like to you know uh, uh you know share my thought on this is that guys uh, whenever you see emails smss whatsapp or any other messages inbound to you please validate that or if you are trying to do a transaction using your computer uh, make sure you recheck the url on the browser it is very very easy to uh this guy so for example if you're working or you're making a transaction on xyz bank uh it is very easy to have a disguised name which could look like so let's say xyz b at the rate nk or ba in in the ampersand uh, was a very common way of siphoning up a few months back so all i'm saying is i'm not saying that every individual uh can have you know can install uh you know cyber security tools or have heavy technologies to protect them but there is uh, a basic sense of check that can be maintained at our level so while you making transactions make sure uh, what url are you you know accessing while you are you know getting emails which are important make sure that it is coming from the right recipient uh, if there are you know the, the a very common way of or a very popular uh phishing mails that we see in our in you know when we are doing assessments for organizations is that an email would go to an individual from his boss saying that they are in distress and they need immediate you know fund support of let's say 20000 25000 within 12 hours and you know they give bank details along with it and the the sender or the or the mail that it comes from is so beautifully cloned that it is difficult to decipher it so there is a way that you you know try and reach out to that person on a on a parallel channel before you make that transaction so these are uh, some very uh, common ways of being compromised that we see in you know when we are carrying out assessments and it and it's very painful you know for somebody who loses money 
or mm-hmm. someone who gets breach is it is very painful to uh, you know uh, recover from that so i'd say that guys our 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 power of transacting money has really gone up i mean 10 years back 15 years back for you to make a simple transaction you'd have to physically go to a bank right. sign on multiple papers somebody validates before it gets transferred today you can do it in three clicks or four clicks and the intent is to reduce it to two clicks mm-hmm. so it is very easy where you know you've got a lot of power as a consumer to make these transactions and this will only this will only improve mm-hmm. you know it it only like i said convenience is is in, is inversely proportional to security right, right as you get more convenience towards it your responsibility towards security also increases i think uh, this is something which uh, uh, product developers as well as the clients need to understand that trying to make their product extremely convenient to the users might be like you said right uh, not taking care of the security completely so they need to find the right balance between uh, the security as well as uh, convenience this is this is the most uh, you know trickiest part you know right as a, as a consumer uh, you would want a cab at your doorstep you know on two clicks where your location <laughs> is shared your wallet is shared you don't want to uh, haggle or negotiate with the driver you don't want to tell him what route to take you don't want to tell him where to go you simply want to get into a a clean air conditioned car and you want to get to your destination at you know the quickest possible pace without any interaction and this is true for every business you know i i i i personally feel that any business that makes a consumer lazy is a good business you know you talk about uh, food ordering applications you right. don't want to go out you don't want to pick up the phone and order you simply want to do it on your cell phone while watching tv sitting in your living room and the food gets delivered you don't even have to you know uh, talk to anybody or mm. book cabs or or making reservations i mean for uh, people like us who've lived in two generations uh, we we can appreciate that there is a, a massive transformation that is happening and i'm not saying it's a bad transformation it's definitely mm. who does not want convenience right true true But then your that that opens up a pandora's box you know for you to be compromised now uh, from an organization perspective from companies what they're doing they there is a lot of uh, work that is happening on ai towards reading human behavior pattern mm. for example if if veronica orders twice in a month uh, you know using a, a mobile or a food ordering app and you know her usual uh, buying pattern is let's say 1500 rupees per mm. order mm. i'm giving you a very hypothetical scenario and suddenly you know it is it turns out that you know on one fine day she is ordering a lot of food which is being delivered to a third city and the order value is very high mm. it is a it is a probable you know unusual behavior or it is a probable anomaly and you know somebody would want to raise a flag and you know validate with veronica that is this you who is actually using this application and ordering so user behavior analytics is something which is which is uh, very very critical or a lot of organizations are spending a lot of money in understanding these patterns from their consumers so mm-hmm. that they can make sure that you know this this platform has not been compromised or this user is the actual user who's making this true and and this happens in the banking system right when they see Absolutely. an unusual 
transaction happening, you do get a phone call. Absolutely. Saying that we had this activity. Can you please confirm? Absolutely. So this gives you that sense of comfort that there is somebody True. who's watching over you and who's making sure that, you know, you don't lose money or, you know, you're not, you're not breached or you're not compromised. Mm-hmm. And there's something from a personal experience, I can say that, you know, uh, like you, we use WhatsApp, we use uh, Facebook and other things on the social media, right, for interactions and all that. And they do have privacy settings and all, but probably we don't take it too seriously at times or, you know, they do have those terms and conditions. They have different upgrades also coming up and they, they do, do tell that, you know, these are the things we've added, which, which you can, which can be helped to secure your data over there. But we as a consumer just blindly, okay, kind of a thing, because just, we have to click the okay button to start Absolutely. Uh, the process. So there, I think probably as a consumer, we are not paying our part. Uh, to making sure that our data is secured. Absolutely. I think, thankfully, we should give credit to the government here where, where they forced some of these popular messaging applications to, have, uh, to talk about data localization. Where, you know, mm-hmm. they're clear that, guys, you can't take data outside the country. And, and we are not being unfair in asking this. As a country, as a government, as an individual, it's not unfair because a lot of other countries are doing this. I mean, look at GDPR or look at you know, there are, there are privacy laws in Australia, in US, where you cannot take their data outside the, the borders of the country. Mm-hmm. Why should we be complacent where we are the biggest or the second largest consumer market in the world? Mm-hmm. Why should our data be floating around, you know, outside our borders? True. So that's, that's that shake, that, that jolt is something which, you know, we gave to some of these popular applications that guys, we... We want you to operate. It's a free market. Uh, you can, and I mean, you guys are doing, I mean, they've got good platforms like WhatsApps and, you know, uh, Facebooks mm-hmm. of the world have good applications. They're doing a fair job, but you cannot compromise the integrity and the authenticity or, you know, you, you cannot take our data for granted. You have to give mm-hmm. it the same level of respect that you're giving to a national in any other country in the world. And they were again oblivious to it, but then uh, I think when when push came to the shove, they had to comply with it, which is which is phenomenal. Yes, uh, that's true. And you know, there's one more question that suddenly popped up into my head. We have already spoken about you know you started this a decade before, and there that time you know cyber security was not something which uh, uh, probably people were taking it uh, at such a serious level. I would say. So any kind of challenges where you faced with your clients or your potential clients at that particular point of time to, you know, to make them understand the kind of uh, comfort blanket or a security blanket that ESEC can offer to them and, you know, indirectly offer to their clients to make sure that their data, their information, as well as the information of the organization is not hacked or uh, used in some illegal way. So we, uh, so like I said, we work with organizations uh, covering pretty much, uh, you know, the entire purview of security. And uh, what we've realized is that, you know, one, uh, one solution does not fit all, you know, or, or, uh, you know, having one technology or, you know, if they take one step towards security, that does not uh, solve the larger problem. And, uh, that is where you have to look at multiple aspects. So for example, 
you know, pre-COVID understanding of business continuity versus post-COVID understanding of business continuity are two very different things, you know. Uh, no organization had ever envisaged that they would be required to go completely remote for those few mm-hmm. months when lockdown was happening. And, and to a larger uh, time frame, a larger, uh, you know, a large part of the workforce was remote. Right. There was a big shift in how they had to operate, which means that, you know, the threat vectors also increase. Hmm. Now, suddenly, people who are working on critical uh, deliverables or critical data are now not working from the office premises. I mean, we have some very, uh, uh, you know, customers who work in very sensitive space where everything had to be done and executed from the premises of their office. And now, uh, within a year, they've gone completely remote where they cannot afford to have this condition that everybody works from the office and they know everybody's going to work remote. So we as a consulting partner or as a, as a technology partner are now compelled to look at how do we help this organization work in a different manner while ensuring the security is not compromised. So I would say COVID in the last 10 years has posed to be one of the biggest problem uh, in, in the sense for organizations on how do they continue functioning. Or how do they continue functioning in a secured manner? You know, this has been one of the biggest challenges for every organization that we've seen at least in the last 10 years. And that's where as a partner, we've gone with a different approach on how do we ensure that they get the right solution, they get the right uh, process to be able to work remotely and in a secured manner. Very true. And to be frank with you, the only time when I was, um, I think in my uh, technical career came across information security was when we underwent SOX, Surbans Oxley. <laughs> yeah. So that is the time we were like, okay, something like, like these kind of audits also are there and we were filling up the SOPs and making sure we are compliant. So. That was an eye-opener, at least for, um, not for the information security guys who were already employed by the company, but for people like us who were working on uh, different uh, product lines. Correct. Correct. So that's great. So um, I I understand, you know, this is quite a challenging job. Like you said, right? Sometimes you get a call somewhere in the night, middle of the night saying that, okay, this thing has been breached and you need to fix this up because you are in a line, which is sort of, you can say that you're fixing the major critical problems, which the company is facing. So, you know, uh, when times do get tough, you do need to stop and, you know, take a break at times, you know, so that you can rejuvenate and get that energy back to hit on to the new challenge. So what does Kunal do? <laughs> make sure the mind is in the right space to tackle all the challenges that are coming in your way. Hmm. So I, I, like I said, I, my second love is uh, wildlife and wildlife photography. So whenever I get a chance, which sadly I don't get as much now is I pick up my camera, head to the nearest forest, spend a couple of days there, uh, take some pictures, uh, you know, work on those pictures. And that's my way of, uh, you know, taking a break from, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, this this cyber madness, as I call it, and then uh, come back to uh, doing what we were. So that's, that's my way of, uh, that's my break, you know, Mm -hmm. 
So how did you manage your COVID times, especially, right? Because there was, I'm pretty sure wildlife photo- photography would be something which would be on a break. Oh, you know, uh, uh, during COVID, uh, where thankfully all of us are, are safe and keeping fine, uh, I, I, I probably didn't touch my camera for over a year. And uh, I was like, you know, something is missing. And I think earlier this year, when uh, before the second wave, when things were quite, uh, you know, controlled and there were very few cases, I picked up my camera and, you know, rushed to the nearest forest uh, where I spent a few days uh, doing morning, evening safaris, getting barely any sleep, uh, getting some shots, came back and you know uh, but yeah you're right it is it is important it is it is very very important to uh, have those breaks and and for you know all all our friends out there uh, while we're all busy building a career while we're all busy building companies we are busy building uh, our our future it is very important to uh, you know take a pause take a breather and enjoy what we already have i mean uh, I am probably a little young to say this, but uh, whenever I speak to my elders or other mentors who built large organizations, I think one thing that they all say and that is common is that guys, A, take care of yourself, which is important. B, take those breaks, you know, spend time with the family, spend time with the friends. It is it is very, very important. And uh, for all those who work, you know, 10, 15 hours in a day, uh, I'd say that the guys, you know, take a break. I mean, uh, again, I may not be uh, the eldest person to give that advice, but I, I personally feel that definitely helps. And we all we all deserve that, right? I mean, we don't have to just log ourselves, uh, you know, working strictly focused on, on work. And uh, it's important to have a breather. That is true. That's really, really uh, well said and shared because many people at times do forget to take a break and I think they they take their health for granted. But I believe that is changing. I feel that people, there are people who are workaholics, but they are finding that balance to make sure that, you know, they're taking care of their health as well as the family and spending some time there. Absolutely. So, um, uh, Kunal, to end this, a lovely conversation I would really really love it if you can you know share uh, some kind of advice to all the budding entrepreneurs out there in terms of security or in terms of any kind of learnings that you've had in your uh, decades uh, journey which would help them to secure their product line their service line at the same time help them to understand or probably take some kind of an idea you know how they have to move forward okay lovely so uh one thing and this is one of my favorite uh, uh, you know suggestions or advice that I've given to multiple folks that uh, during the last 10 years of us building ESEC your day can be like a proper or your life is like a proper roller coaster on, on a on, on, on a day you might feel that you've captured the world you'd crack you know, those larger deals, you'd execute those large projects and you'd feel, you know, you've, you are at top of the world and, you know, nothing could get better from here on. And there would be days that you'd be, you know, hammered, you'd be, uh, you'd have escalations, you'd have, uh, you know, things going in red or things going south. And you'd be like, this is possibly the worst day of your life. And there is no looking up from here on. 
believe me this this happens to almost everybody out there i mean and not just not just startups or young companies this happens to large organizations also so whenever you feel that you've taken up a beating and it's been a, a a a you know a very very horrible day or a horrible phase where everything's going against you uh i'd say just just shut down your phone shut down your laptop take a break for a couple of days uh let the fire settle down come back pick up from where you left and take it from there don't try and and fight uh you know things when they are uh, when you're completely hammered or when you're completely at a low may not be the best time you may not have you know the energy to pick it up from that point give it a few days uh, come back and you know and and while uh coming on the on the contrary when you when you're having a fabulous day or when you've done something substantial make sure you celebrate make sure you enjoy it with your team let them know that you acknowledge this let them know that you recognize that what has happened is an achievement no matter how small or big that is so that's that's something which i feel is very very important uh you know for for young stroke emerging companies or entrepreneurs i i second that one needs to shut down at times because even our laptops need to get restarted <laughs> after an update so upgrade so i i can definitely say a human body also at times need to just take a break and you know get back so on that lovely thought kunal it was absolutely pleasure talking to you and learning more about uh, security which probably i'm quite outdated i'm pretty sure <laughs> because it was something which i came across somewhere in 2005 so it was lovely talking to you and you know having a a fresh uh, uh, i would say a fresh education <laughs> when it comes to cyber security it was lovely speaking to you veronica and uh, i hope uh, i didn't bore you guys enough and uh, there is some value that you know i could uh, share during these conversations so that's all from me today i hope you enjoyed the interview and had some valuable lessons to take in with you and the stories inspired you and you found it interesting i would be coming with more new stories in the coming week every week every monday you will get to hear from me from a new entrepreneur their stories about their brands about their insights on employment and few tips and tricks to get into entrepreneurship stay tuned stay safe and enjoy your life